I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to Bitches on Comics and happy spooky season. I'm your host, Essie Fleenor, and I am a child. I am your host, Sarah Century. I am a grown-up, um, <laughs> but also sometimes a child. Today, we have one of our favorite recurring guests, actually, Stephanie Williams, back on the pod. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, I am a teenager at the moment. So <laughs> Ooh. Mm. I think I got like, that tween energy, you know, I'm like, just like, kind of anxious and horny, don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm always tweeting about butts, so I mean, that is true. So. <laughs> I was trying to fit myself in, and I'm just like, I guess I'm like the mom who's like... <laughs> <laughs> you got your kids for the weekend because... You and I'm like kind of custody. tense driving, you know? Like, I'm that mom, I guess. <laughs> like, you're happy to be with us, but you're also like, oh my god. Please keep your seatbelt buckled up, Okay. <laughs> I just can't worry about you and drive at the same time. Oh <laughs> it's like, that's great. Slam on the brakes and then one of us hits the back seat and it's just like, I told you to keep your seatbelt on. Now look at you. I'm not going to urgent care. So you're going to have to wait till we get home and just put some peas on that. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a flashback right there, Steph. No, yeah, no, that was very specific because Oh my god. I'm like, you're a parent. Why didn't you make sure I had a seatbelt on? Like, that's like the job, no? All right. Fair enough. It's it's you know, free for all in dad's truck. We'll see what happens. 
like, are there seatbelts back here? I can't find them. He's like, oh, I tucked them away. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. All right, Steph. <laughs> We're so happy to have you back. It's like being with an old friend because you are our friend. And also, you have a shit ton of shit going on. Will you just tell us about it? We want to hear what's going on with your web comics. We know that you had a super successful Kickstarter. We know there's other fun things in the works. What's up? So, um, miraculously, uh, things have still been happening for me this year, which I still can't believe because what a hell of a year it's been. But um, Living Heroes, the Kickstarter that you mentioned, uh, that's done. Uh, It's finished. The comic is available now. A lot of those stories I wrote at like 3 a.m. on my phone and Google Docs, especially Friendsgiving. Um, That is probably why that one has the most horny energy of all of them. Um, so that's done. I'm actually waiting on the physical books to arrive. They're supposed to be arriving today. So I've been like on pins and needles all day about oh my this. I'm like they better look how they're supposed to look or I'm like going to my bank and like, hey, fraud. So uh, please help me out. <laughs> um, Parenthood Activate is back. Uh, we had We were on a hiatus because again, like, I know y'all are tired of hearing this because I am, but in the middle of a pandemic, things got away from myself and my wonderful artist, Sarah, and um, we're finally back. And it just so happened that the two scripts I sent her before we kind of shut things down have very spooky energy to them. So there's the alien spoof that just posted not too long ago. And then there's another one from my favorite spoof scary movie so that'll be out soon and yes i can't wait (laughs) i honestly can't wait for y'all to see that one because i feel like it's very much so my quarantine nightmare come to life Uh, (laughs) (laughs) everyone has been home um i have a five-year-old who i don't know if he has like a portal of energy like i feel like he has the (laughs) phoenix force inside of him because there's just no reason why he should one be hungry all the time also have all of the energy all the time like I just don't understand so that is definitely talking about that in the most cathartic way possible and what else do I have going on oh and I'm gonna start back podcasting and I'm gonna be talking about x-men so please act surprised if you're not uh, <laughs> so we'll be talking about the x-men original animated series because unlike X-Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X-Men. This one, I love those two, by the way. But this one is the one where it's just so unintentionally funny. I can't not do a thing on it. And also, (laughs) I do not like Charles Xavier at all. And he's the absolute worst in this series (laughs) compared to the other ones. Because Evolution, you'd think he'd be really bad in that one. Um, And I could be misremembering just a little bit, but I feel like Charles isn't as bad as he is in he's barely in it like there's so little of him and that's why it's good (laughs) and that is why he isn't that bad in that one but i can't um i can't wait to start that up and there is a king of the hill podcast that is also on the horizon because i kid y'all not between king of the hill broad city Bob's burgers and now that all of upn is on netflix girlfriends i just started watching the parkers again like i've just been living in the late 90s and early 2000s and <laughs> very happy about it because you know everything is on fire so you might as well be comfortable 
Like, let's take yeah. it back just a little bit just to before everything bit. was fully on fire. The fires <laughs> right. were beginning. It seemed like there were a lot of fires, but it wasn't the planet on fire. So it's good times. Good times, I guess. <laughs> I relate to that deeply. We decided if we were going to be watching all this horror, my partner and I are not huge horror buffs. We were going to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch featuring Melissa Joan Hart. So good. Um, it's amazing. I love like, that show. I cannot fucking believe how well it has held up. I'm like, Harvey is lovely. Harvey's just great. Like, he's never pressuring. The worst thing about him is he's not too direct. Okay, we can deal with that. You know, like, it's great. I love it. That first season, she has her best friend who clearly has a raging crush on her. And that girl ends up leaving the cast after the first season but I think that the way that she leaves is she literally gets sucked into a closet <laughs> oh my god it's like forever 21 that's where she is right now still <laughs> oh my god yeah, we can talk about that whenever <laughs> TV you're so weird I like it yeah. you're here for it yeah you know what one more update because I mean y'all have to know by now but I'll be writing for Marvel.com. Um, if you all haven't seen the tweet I can't say what the pieces are just yet but if you know me, then you can guess. So just be on the lookout for that because I promise you, once that drops, I'm going to be insufferable because <laughs> as Marvel was like, hey, come drag one of our characters. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> the job you were made for. I know. I'm like, I've been tweeting. I've been prepared for this all my life. So, um, but yeah, like that's that's it for updates. If I have any more, y'all, I just... <laughs> I don't even know how we get anything done because I still owe you all a piece. And I promise I'm going to get right. it to you. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not even due yet. You still have three days. So, <laughs> oh my God. I'm just shrugging. I'm like, mm? y'all know you pitch. Well, I didn't even have to necessarily pitch to you all, but like the whole pitch process, once you do it, and then it's kind of like, but do I even still want to write about this? <laughs> right. Yes. Do I oh want to change? God tracks entirely like in the middle of this i do that constantly where oh, i'm like does the world really need this piece wouldn't it be better if i just changed my mind about everything and decided a different thing yeah i do that That's all so of the relatable. time i know they half gotta be the time, tired of us but oh well half the time i get a piece back and early and like it's like goes to be published and i get a note in trello or whatever and the editor's like uh you had like two paragraphs that made no sense so i just cut them and i'm like thank you because they're just me being like oh but i also read this tweet that said this thing and then also this person had a different opinion and also what is meaning yeah you know and they're like uh are you okay i'm gonna no. cut that part and i'm like i am not okay thank you for making me sound okay <laughs> Oh, my God. Writing is such a joke. What are we doing? We help us, please. <laughs> okay, great. So let's talk about some horror. So uh, we invited Steph on because, A, Steph's the best, and because we knew that Steph would choose some fun horror films for us to talk about for spooky season. <laughs> Again, I am a child. Oh, my God. Okay, so first, let's talk a little bit about horror. You are both big-time horror buffs. I'm like a... I feel like I'm in a polyamorous relationship with horror. Like, we hang out, <laughs> we do stuff sometimes, but it's not, like, our main thing. So talk to me about your love of horror. Why, why do you love it? What do you think the genre can do that others can't? And, yeah, that's it. So, like, horror was not necessarily forbidden in my home. However, Black Christian home, like, there's only oh so much I could watch. So 
my relationship with horror was more so out of protest. Um, <laughs> so I would like sneak and watch stuff. Or if my dad, who he did this a lot, would sneak and watch horror films, um, like either my mom was asleep or she didn't necessarily know it was a horror film until it was too late. I would often kind of sneak in behind the couch and watch a little bit. My first time doing that was with Leprechaun. And that was a big mistake because uh, that first one, <laughs> if you're watching that one as like a six-year-old, it's just too much. And now I live that horror every day because my son is about the same height as a leprechaun <laughs> now. And every night <laughs> around 3 or 4 a.m., I know that um, he's going to be standing in the doorway as the leprechaun was and <laughs> leprechaun in the hood. Because, yes, he did go to the hood. Yes, he did. Um, and scare the shit out of me. Actually, I thought that one night there was a sleep paralysis demon staring at me. It was not. <laughs> and like, it took me forever. Like, I felt something staring at me. I said, oh, my God, this is what they t- this is what they tweet about. What did those threats say? What are you supposed to do? And then I eventually opened my eyes and it's like him hooding Rainbow Dash in a headlock holding Rainbow Dash. And I was like, can I get in the bed? I'm like, dude, just get in the bed. Like, why are you even, like, how long have you been standing here? Just get in the bed. So my relationship with horror has pretty much been in protest, but I love it so much because there is just so many things that you can do with horror and you can mix it in with other things, romance, science fiction, Westerns, all of that. Horror is just like at the swingers party and everybody wants to have a moment with it. And sometimes beautiful things happen out of it, especially as a Black person, <laughs> as someone from a marginalized community or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like horror for us, or as I'm learning and we're getting more horror that is not just Black people in horror, but actually I'm just seeing like some beautiful stories being told that, I don't know, like I just, I love it. Like Sweetheart, I hadn't watched that and I recently watched it this year and I loved it because they didn't have to say that the main character was Black or anything, but because she was, it changed the whole landscape of that movie. Mm-hmm. So things were being said that weren't, you know, explicitly being told to you, but like you could read between the lines and kind of draw your own conclusions as to like what the creature meant and, you know, her friends that didn't want to listen to her, like what that meant. So again, I, I can go on about this all day, but it's just kind of funny because again, Growing up in my household, horror was just, like, not supposed to be a thing. But it's totally a thing for me now. What about you, Sarah? Uh, Well, I guess I can just, like, add a little bit to what you were saying. Because now that there are, like, a lot more Black-created horror films, we're seeing way better horror. Like, horror has just gotten so, so much better. And it's the same. Just a more diverse horror landscape in general. Like, queer people making horror films, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we just get better horror films. So in my opinion, like a lot of people have their, I liked horror in the 80s and it like hasn't been that good since or something like that. I think the exact opposite. Like those movies, they have a great spot in my heart and everything, but it just gets better and better as we go along because more people are doing it and you're getting to see things from new different perspectives. I got into horror whenever I was a little, little kid. Um, I don't know. I don't know a world where I wasn't going to be into horror. (laughs) Like it was just something that I immediately gravitated towards. I used to be an insomniac as a kid. I'm not as bad now, but I still have some sleep issues. But even as like a little kid, I just had a bunch of issues falling asleep. So I would go into the 
living room at three o'clock in the morning and put on the television, which means that you're watching Hellraiser <laughs> whenever you're like four or whatever. <laughs> so that was basically like my introduction to horror. And I've just always watched it. It's changed over time. I remember being like 10 or 11 or something like that. And people would be like, that movie's too scary for me. And I'd be like, yeah, not for me. I'm like a hardened horror watcher. So I'm like pretty tough. So it's <laughs> like rolling up my sleeves as a child, but it just kind of has changed. And at this point, I can't separate my understanding of the world without the lens of horror. And at this point, honestly, horror can be pretty comforting for the most part, because we live in such a chaotic, horrifying world. Horror is something where you have a happy ending or like a sad ending or whatever, but you have an ending that means something and there's a moral to it as opposed to life, which there is no moral to. And it's weird, but horror is kind of comforting to me in that way. I like that. I like that. For me, I think, well, A, I had like very little parental supervision as a child. So I think I saw it, I don't know, man, early. I'm not like particularly afraid of clowns. But I do still look at the drain and think like, oh, my God. Because it's like an analogy for pedophiles, right? Yeah, like it's exactly. literally like somebody who's going to come snatch you. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Also, though, like Stephen King, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I much prefer where horror has gone. I really love horror by minorities, like people who are marginalized. I think it's so cool to read queer horror that's sometimes so body related and so you know, scary and, and feminist horror and, and, you know, Latinx horror and uh, black horror. It's just like you get to see such different sides of what the genre can do. My favorite thing about horror is I like horror that's also weird fiction. So mm -hmm. I really enjoy when things are trippy, heady, disorienting. Because I like the idea that we're all just one click away from like, you know, zooming out to see things differently or zooming in to see things differently. And it's all a matter of perspective. And I think that's something that horror does extremely well. You know, it's also a function of like film and the nature of the camera and the voyeur, etc. But, I, you know, I like the way horror also kind of sometimes is like, see you fucker, see what you're watching. Oh, your fault. And I'm like, yes, it is my fault. So I enjoy that about horror. <laughs> No, it's funny that you bring that up because I just watched Drag Me to Hell for the first time. I yep. had never seen it. And what a good movie. Very good. And I wish I would have saw it in theaters because it's a, basically I enjoy it, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, because this white girl who did not have to do what she could have just gave this lady the extension. So the housing mm -hmm. bubble, all that. And it's just like, well, this is what you get for like not me understanding and wanting this ratty ass promotion and now look at you mm -hmm. now you're getting dragged <laughs> to hell now look at you that's hilarious that is kind of the takeaway of a lot of horror you see <laughs> what you did to yourself do you see what you did to yourself and like even a uh, pacific heights i don't know if that would be horror i guess that's more thriller but it's like a jason in the same vein yeah like in the same vein like well this is what you guys get for racial profiling so mm -hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> That's what you get. That's just what's going to happen to you. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, perfect segue into The Devil's Rejects from 2005, directed and written by Rob Zombie. That's all I remember. Also, like, maybe, like, <laughs> another zombie was, like, a, the daughter in it. Yes. There's, yeah. There's, like, some zombies, but not, like, the ones that eat brains, like, the, the people who changed their name to that for some very obvious reason the zombie family is 
heavily involved. Yes. Okay, Steph, when did you first see this? Why did you want us to watch it? <laughs> so, I actually for I actually saw this in theater. So in high school, I went through this phase where like I had just seen like Quentin Tarantino films and I was like, oh, oh, this is actually this is something I think I get with the you know the geeky kids, myself included you know, film buffs and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is what they mean. So <laughs> I had watched the old school Hills Have Eyes and I was getting into like that very gory, gruesome, brutal kind of horror. And I saw that The Devil's Rejects was out and I had seen A House of a Thousand Corpses. It's like, oh, is it supposed to be like a sequel? Okay, let me go see it. And I... Love this. Like, this movie is comforting. And it, and I know that is, like, the worst thing to say, especially if you've seen The Devil's Rejects, because nothing <laughs> about it should be comforting. But it was comforting to me in the way that I could see what was happening in this movie. Like, the tropes that they played up on and just, like, celebrity for these killers who are absolutely the worst. I mean, god-awful terrible. They have a special place in hell. But to see that get played up, I don't know, like it just felt very, uh, they would have a series on Netflix right now. <laughs> and I like that the movie knows that it's playing up on that and it's leaning into that. And it was just so batshit crazy that, um, I don't know, like I just enjoyed it. Like I've watched this movie a lot, y'all. Like <laughs> more times than I <laughs> want to admit. Like I have the Blu-ray for it. And I remember my dad had came over one day and I was watching it. And he stood there with his arms folded. Cause you know how dads are. They'll like stand for 30 minutes while you're watching something and never sit down. <laughs> oh, because they're not watching it, right? Like I'm not watching. Right, because they're not watching. <laughs> like, then what are you doing with your eyes? Came into my house. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what else would you be doing, sir? You came to visit me. So anyway, <laughs> like 40 minutes in, he's like what is this again? And I'm like, it's the devil's rejects. And he's like, but why are you watching this? Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to you, but it's black comedy horror. And I know like, it doesn't seem like anything funny is happening right now, but trust me, <laughs> funny things are happening right now. And your daughter, unfortunately, really likes this movie. Cause like, I don't think that the characters are supposed to be redeemable in any no. kind of way. Um, and I always appreciate horror films where I'm not like, I guess I can see why this killer would, you know, be upset and want to like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, stab yeah. people to death or whatever. Cause right, because like, that's like so common, the right? The Joker yeah. was a failed comic. Like, like we're so, right, like we're supposed to feel bad for him. But no, like I don't feel bad for any of them. And like when a lot of them die terribly, um, I was like, good. Yeah. That's what you get. <laughs> the fact that they do it to Freebird is one of the funniest things I've ever so seen funny. in a movie. Whenever I watch this movie, I made a joke, I guess, but mostly an observation about how it reminds me of my family. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> reminds me of going back to, like, rural Missouri and being like, oh, God, here's a bunch of people that I'm somehow related to. So, like, they all love Leonard Skinner and, like, terrible <laughs> Southern rock, too. So it's kind of a parody. I assume that Rob Zombie has kind of similar roots or something like that because the whole time he's, like, parodying it. Also, 
the fact that whenever you watch all of these number of movies like natural born killers or something mm-hmm. like that and it's all about how sexy the killers are and this movie like they look gross like yeah. they are disgusting you see everybody and you're just like that is gnarly like if you saw those people walking around you would get away from them and i think that there's something honest to that that you just don't really see in horror that often and i guess too i'm just like I also enjoy it because I wouldn't be driving on these back roads um, in like Arizona or Nevada or any of these places. Mm -mm. And I'm like, this is why you don't take those shortcuts. You stay on the main road. So everybody involved, you got exactly what you deserve because you should have stayed on the main road. I think that's also probably why that Hills Have Eyes movie, um, the remake, is another one where I sort of kind of enjoy because mm-hmm. I'm like yeah you should stay on the main road if you don't stay on the main road then terrible things are going to happen to you right you know it reminds me of a wrong turn the <laughs> yes. one Eliza Dushku is in <laughs> mm-hmm. and I don't know what is wrong with me but I love that movie I, think that I had movie no judgment like fine art yeah. you know like <laughs> something about highway movies oh my god and also just like uh, I don't know I love anything where there's like something that just like makes literally no sense but makes fun of white people like that's pretty great you know like they're like these white people are so inbred that's like part of that one and I'm you know I'm not making fun of people from Appalachia but I am making fun of white people because I am a white person who was very poor and that shit's hilarious like there's just something about the way that like people who make movies would be like you know what poor people do they murder lots of people that's what they do and it's like and they're no. cannibalists like <laughs> sure <laughs> I think that it's because it gets, she has, like, the Confederate flag patch on her butt, you know? It's like we glorify that as a society so often. It's always like, let's go ahead and see what this Nazi has to say about it or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Instead of ever interviewing any marginalized person at all or giving them any level of screen time. So I think that there's this romanticism of, yeah, like I said, the Leonard Skinner, Southern Rock, like, you know, all of that kind of bullshit, you know? Whereas if you grew up around that stuff, you know it's very bad and, like, the, those are not romantic heroes. And so... Yeah, that's kind of something that I appreciate about like probably all of the Rob Zombie movies because he does that pretty consistently across the board where he's like, no, these people are gross. (laughs) Like, They're bad. I like that they have bad teeth. It's like, yes, because they do a lot of meth. Yeah, Of course they would have bad teeth. And I like that they're gross. And I like that the white girl is like a monster. You know, Mm -hmm. I love when white women are the bad guy. It's just like too good. And I, you know, I had to get through the whole thing and I had to watch it in like three different batches. My partner gave up halfway through. was just like, (laughs) I I literally can't keep doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, fair enough. So then we switched over to Life, which is the next movie we'll talk about. Much better, much better for them. They loved it. But anyway, so I'm like, you know, fast forward, you know, and I'm, I'm like, big on fast forwarding through violence there is a lot of violence in this movie right so beware sexual violence physical violence a lot of dead ladies uh you just now you know but it's like that that's the point right like there's a huge amount of commentary going on in this which i like i loved and i had to get through the whole thing to see like oh shit like i remember the one point where like the clown is having a dream where he's fucking someone and there's like a lot Mm -hmm. of tits bouncing around 
And I was like, why would I need to see this as a viewer? Like, these are the bad guys. Why am I seeing these <laughs> fantasies? And then they, like, go to the, the brothel and they're, like, partying. And they're, like, genuinely having a good time. And the, the camera, the music, the framing is, like, like when the hero lets loose, right? The fun and games is the, what we call the beat. And I was like, damn, why are they getting all the fun and games? Like, well... The cop is, like, beating up a film critic, (laughs) (laughs) which was too funny. I loved that part. Yeah, who's like, Elvis sucks. (laughs) So fucking much. (laughs) (laughs) So another reason why I just really love this movie, because I just think of all of the um, Netflix docs that we're getting and I know these types of things have been in existence well before Netflix, but it just seems like there's been an influx of let's profile this killer or this person that might have committed murder, but we're not sure. Or this person who ran this park with these animals and people got hurt. You know, let's profile them and make them look like celebrities. There's the newest one with the guy who uh, killed his wife and children. I don't know if you all have seen it. I forgot the name of it, but it's really recent. Um, I think this happened in Colorado. Oh, he yeah. Was a, the dude. He was a family yeah, in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, how would this, because even in that, I felt like they did a fairly decent job of showing like, no, this guy is actually terrible. But I would love to see like Rob Zombie's kind of take on that because I just feel like he would really lean into Mm -hmm. the fact that folks were like, well, he's, you know, he's a really nice guy and she didn't love him and wouldn't put out and all this other stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's horrific what happened. But what I mean is like, I would like to see something that is just like really playing up your tiger kings and stuff like that but in a way that shows folks like hey this looks absurd because it is absurd so why do you like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that that has a lot to do with like how this movie comes across to you absolutely like you watch horror films this is a horror film mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know As we were saying earlier, you brought this on yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and that's what I like about it is it's like it spends, you know, a good third of the film just telling you why you should hate these fuckers. Mm -hmm. You should fucking hate them. And you're like, okay, I'm in. Like, you didn't actually have to go that far. I hated them two minutes in. I was on board hating these (laughs) guys. I hated them in the last movie. Like, (laughs) before this movie even started. I did not know it was a sequel. I don't think I'll see the original because I was like, well, I didn't like this part. So they, you know, we're going to make you hate them. And then they're like using all these classic film things that make you identify with the character, them letting loose under high stakes. They're the ones being chased. They're running. You know, they're beating the odds and they're going to find a way out and they've got their friend who's going to help them get through this. And then at the same time, you see the cop sort of, you know, go from like this antagonistic, certainly position to just more and more evil. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, without realizing it, the film's like, ha-ha, who's the good guy? And the point, right, of course, is like, no one. Right. Literally no one. <laughs> Literally no Not one. Not even the people who die are, no. like, in any way likable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was so fucking clever because it took me a long time to realize what the film had done to me. You know, I was, like, you know, sitting there being like, this is interesting. They did a good reversal here. And, oh, no, like, I know that that guy is still there. And they don't know that that guy is still there. And what if that guy, like, it's this guy. But what if I don't want him to hurt that person without, like, giving away the ending. And then it's like, holy shit, you, you, you got me, Rob. You got me good. Like I was rooting for the wrong people. (laughs) 
I should have been rooting for nobody. I should have been rooting for a comet to hit the planet. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like, you know, somewhere Rob Zombie's doing that thing where he's got, like, his fingers towards his eyes and just pointing them toward me. Like, do you see what you've become? And I'm like, Rob, I don't like it. I don't like who I've become. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. I just actually, yeah, I watched it over three days. (laughs) Which is fair. Let's just space this out. (laughs) Great camera work. I mean, Mm -hmm. Rob's always got a great eye for framing film. And it looks like a comic book, right? Like kind of, it has this like really bright colors and stuff like that. It goes the opposite direction that so many horror films go. Like it's not murky at all. It's just like popping. It evokes the 70s really, really nicely. Yes. There's also another reason um, subconsciously why I really loved it because it reminded me of a comic or even a graphic novel. So I wonder if they, hey, Rob, if you're listening, I hope (laughs) that you are. I don't know. Maybe think about licensing and making this a graphic graphic novel comic because I would buy it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it. Or write it even. (laughs) I was like, let me write it. You should write it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I, yeah, I would read the fuck out of that. I did, like, f- have a brief moment of, like, I feel like I know Steph better now, now that I've seen The Devil's <laughs> yeah. like Because there are parts of this movie soul. that are laugh-out-loud funny. Just, like, you know, people fighting about the most inane things. Like, the murderers are really funny. Like, we're not going to get any ice cream. Cut to the next scene. Everybody's got ice cream. Like, that was pretty funny. Tootie <laughs> fucking fruity. Tootie <laughs> fucking fruity. That was hysterical. You know, you feel like everyone's having kind of a great time, you know? Like, they're murderers, sure, but they're enjoying it, which is really what matters when you think about it, is that you you do what you love. Yeah, I mean, because why else are y'all doing it? Yeah. And I still don't like you. So, and it's the fact that they're clearly having a great time, but also me as the viewer, I'm not... That's not making me um, sympathetic or anything exactly. towards them. I'm just, I'm literally along for the ride. And I can always appreciate a movie that does that because, as you said, Essie, like you don't realize what's happening to you and like what you're supposed to like or not like until after the fact. It's like, oh, I got it. Also, they had it to where they could have so easily let them escape mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just didn't. Like there was this whole scene of them being like, goodbye everybody you know like we've escaped certain death and then it's like the movie still is just like no we need to kill these people like really badly <laughs> it needs to be in slow-mo uh we're gonna need to see the, the free bird jerk. <laughs> yeah it has to be the free bird if not scrap the whole fucking film yeah for real <laughs> i do feel like rob zombie said that <laughs> there's just something so so funny about it being to free bird because That's it's like so they're funny. just driving into their deaths so it's like yeah i'm as free as a bird <laughs> Um, Danny Trejo has a small part, but is like amazing in it. Like so funny. Yep. Gave me my new motto, which I (laughs) texted to Steph, which is we may talk a lot of shit, but we will get the job done. Which is like, that is me in a nutshell. That's me tweeting instead of meeting my deadlines. He was the most relatable. Yeah, I was like, that's the character I am. And he did do his job. (laughs) And then he slit someone's throat and I was like, (laughs) right, maybe not. He was organized. He approached everything in the way that he needed to. He did get it done. He did it on a deadline. Like, you got to admire a working dad. <laughs> <laughs> really, you're going to want to hire Danny Trejo when you need some murderers murdered. <laughs> oh, man. Great. The Devil's Rejects. What an odd film. 
And I am very glad I watched it. I thought it was really good. Yay. I'm happy you enjoyed it. Because, like, again, I was like, on, I was on pins and needles when you tweeted. Um, <laughs> it was like the gift of... Um, Did I stutter, uh, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Which I totally didn't. I didn't take anything personal. Actually, I was just more concerned because I was like, oh, crap. I sure not. I didn't give any, like, trigger warnings. But then, I don't. because when I think of horror, like, I don't automatically think to give trigger warnings yeah. because I'm like, it's horror, so there are going to be some possibly really messed up stuff happening. The genre yeah. is the trigger it's warning. Tr- right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I think that that should be known. So, like, I was sitting there on my couch, high, <laughs> freaking out because I'm like, oh, crap. They're never going to invite me on again. I'm like, I should have just, <laughs> just said Vampire in Brooklyn. But I was like, no, these are friends, and I hardly ever really talk about devil's rejects to anyone i'm like this is my time to finally let the folks know that hey stephanie really loves this movie a lot (laughs) um so this is my time to like stand in my truth and also bring some friends along and have them watch it so i'm actually very relieved that you enjoyed it because i'm like i you know i like i feel like for the most part as far as taste goes like i'm never watching anything that's just like too what the hell Although I did watch in Seminoid or in, I don't know. It's a movie from the 70s. An alien impregnates a female astronaut. And what I don't even know how that movie got made. And there's a clip of it. Um, I would share it with you all. But aliens have glass dicks. So, um, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I can't help it. We watched Mandy with uh, Nicolas Cage for a, a Patreon bonus. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it. And Sarah's like, I just, I love this movie. And here's all the reasons I love it. And when she sh- when she shared the movie, she was like, it's got huge amounts of fridging. Everyone should just know that. Fridging. It's like, why? Doesn't need to happen. But it's there. Let's just acknowledge it. Nicolas Cage command performance. I was like, this is when he deserves awards. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, this is so good. Um, Chainsaw, fight. And there's just so many dicks, like so many, like, you know, like uh, mutants with razor dicks and then like, <laughs> you know, super long chainsaws. So like, you know, like the the proverbial dick. They're like, this is my phallus. And like, it's just so funny. And I loved it. I love that shit. I also love it, like, because it's like sometimes people don't realize what they've put in their film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, you just showed me your dick. And I laughed. I just think it's funny. I thought that that movie, parts of it are scary. Parts of it are just really well acted in a surprising way. And I mean, we did the whole review, so we talked about it a bunch. But there were things that I enjoyed about it. Also, as a lesbian, I almost like don't even see penis references in film. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm sure that you're trying to make a point with this. I literally just ignore it. But also concerning this movie, for sure, too, like, there's no way that any movie that you propose to me is the worst movie that I've ever seen, um, <laughs> nor can it be the most upsetting movie that I've ever yes, seen. Yes, agree. Both of those things have been topped already, and they will. <laughs> it's like I've I've seen like Human Centipede. I've seen things that like when you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, I'm just watching this to prove something. <laughs> yeah, I've seen yes. Showgirls. <laughs> Not a great movie. Yeah. That is a feat. That one haunts me to this day. I'm like, they're like, do you want ice in your drink? <laughs> never. I don't touch ice. I never want ice. Ice is forbidden. <laughs> I watched, <laughs> I spit on your grave. Yeah. Two weeks wow. postpartum. Oh, Jesus. Like, if, like what, why? Why would I do that? And I watched it at like, I don't think it was like 11 or 12 at night. 
Um, my brother was still staying with my parents. I don't know what. Listen, I watched a lot of stuff that I had no business watching um, in those three months of maternity leave because, like, I was just up. And yeah. that was my first time watching that movie. And I, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that anything could be that visceral that I had to turn it. Like, I hardly ever really turn away when I'm watching stuff. But that one, that hit me right in the gut, literally. So, yeah. um I was like, after, after I endured that, because once I stopped, I'm like, I can't cut it off. I got to, I got to finish it now. Right. Um, after that, I'm like, well, I, there can't be too many more things horrible than this. And yeah, there are. <laughs> which there is are somehow. Surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's so many movies that just the point of them is to be horrific, right? Like yeah. usually the horror that I watch, I like for it to have some commentary or some nuance. And then there's ones where it's just like, no, this is just like a horrifying bloodbath, you know, like Last House on the Left or something like that. Yes. Where you're just like, this is just awful. And it makes me feel bad to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's not really anything that I can learn from it. It's just bad. But, you know, once again, that's another thing where it's like, hey, for some reason, that also has an audience. So I don't know. It's scary sometimes, actually, because I'm like, are y'all into snuff? Like a little bit, are you? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, because I know in like my teen years and stuff as a horror fan, right, that was kind of the vibe of like, well, we have to just keep getting more and more messed up. Like I watched the Faces of Death movie and like, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And it's just like. Yeah, but like at a certain point, you kind of also have to just back away from it mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, you know what? This isn't for me. I maybe don't love a Serbian film or something, you know, like maybe I I know what horror realm I live in and I don't need to go to the neighbors anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can just be here and like yes. enjoy the things that I enjoy. All of the Rob Zombie movies, I think, are maybe the back room that I don't go to that much, but like they're they're still within my house, you know, like I can still watch a lot of Rob Zombie movies and not feel like somebody was literally just trying to traumatize me, like, you know, something like I spit on your grave. God, and they didn't they remade that movie. They did. And I watched the remake like a fool. Of course. <laughs> They didn't add anything to it. That was the thing that annoys me so much is like, if you're going to make a movie like that and then somebody was like, let's remake it, then it's like, well, let's add something so that like you're giving people something to think about. Right. And it was like an exact replica and actually a replica that wasn't even all that good either, which was maddening in itself. And unfortunately, yes, I did watch the sequel too um, because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you watch the sequel to Leprechaun, all right. Oh, I've seen all of all the, the Leprechaun movies. I think I have um, two. Oh. I should probably talk about that in therapy because <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood and Leprechaun goes back to the hood and it's space. He kills the guy with the bong and you're just like, come yes, on. Just like, he shared why? his weed with you. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. That's like the one rule. Also, why, like, you're going to a disenfranchised neighborhood. You've got a pot of gold, sir. Share it. <laughs> So now you're a capitalist pig on top of that, is what you're telling me? It was funnier when you were terrorizing Jennifer Aniston. Like, that was fine. Like, (laughs) we were fine with that. Like, now that you're in the head, we're like, hey, consider (laughs) your presence. I'm sensing a series of podcast episodes for 2021. <laughs> um, yes, and I would like to invite myself onto them yes. already I mean, because, like, done. I have seen all those movies. <laughs> I I don't know what's wrong with me. And 
In case anybody gets curious, <laughs> HBO Max has the Leprechaun Collection on there. Like, they literally call it the Leprechaun Collection, and you can click on it, and all the movies pop up. And, like, who the hell, like, who is searching for this? Me. But <laughs> other than, other than me, searching who for is this? searching for this? I think Leprechaun is the, the first horror film that made me laugh. And again, yeah. I saw it way too early. God damn it, parents, just try. Uh, but they didn't. And, you know, it's fucked in some ways, but, you know, it's an Irish thing, so it's fine. When they throw the shoes at him and he stops and cleans them, that's like the height of humor. <laughs> that to me is like still a perfect joke. Like I'm like, yes, that's so funny. No, I cracked up. I thought that shit was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, and then, too, at a young age, when I watched it again when I was a little older, I was like, is this... Is this racism? Because I'm like still kind of like <laughs> learning the ins of ins and outs of that and like what that means. I was like, yeah, I don't know. And I actually had a friend who was <laughs> had Irish ancestry. She's like, no, it's okay. So it was definitely <laughs> cool at that moment. She's like, it's fine. And I was like, okay. You do have that moment where you're like, is this wrong? And they're like, no, 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 this is fine. This is good. I like this actually. This is this is great. I mean, if she who must not be named can have a fucking Quidditch team that is Irish and their cool thing they shoot up in the sky is a fucking leprechaun dancing. I think the leprechaun horror films are fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> at least they're oh. funny. At least they make sense. Well, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the only thing I'll say about The Devil's Rejects is <laughs> we were watching the opening and, you know, the very opening, it's it's like you get some voiceovers, some sort of news clips, and then it cuts to a, a very large man dragging a, a dead naked woman through the woods. And my partner <laughs> pauses it and goes, this is not good, right? <laughs> I am so sorry. Can you no, apologize it was like, for me? It was like very like, um, like they've never studied film. Like they, they do philosophy and stuff, but like, you know, newer to feminism, newer to like thinking about these things. But they're like, but isn't this like a, like a thing? And I was like, wow, I have like 20 years of studying movies just like flashing through my mind. And I am trying to figure out what you're asking and how I should reply. I go on like this spiel about voyeurism and the female form and how like, you know, in Italian cinema, this happened and then this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but is it bad? And I was like, yeah, decidedly. But that's what horror is about. And they're just like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we'll see how long they make quietly it Quietly judging you. Not long. <laughs> it was just so innocent. This is bad, right? <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you think I was going to say? <laughs> no, this is actually great. This is, this is what we're looking for in film, in life. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the representation that we want. <laughs> this is actually the representation I've been missing, and I suddenly feel understood. <laughs> the other day I was reading one of my favorite authors' Twitter feeds because, I mean... I can't believe I have this access to these great minds. And they were saying, you know, people always ask me how they can help out with my books, if they've already bought their copy or if they've got one from the library. And I say, you can rate and review me on Goodreads. Well, guess what, folks? You can rate and review us, too. It's really simple. If you don't know what to write in a review, just write, I liked it. Really, that's simple. 
anything like that, hey, and go do that for your favorite authors. Like, help them out, please. But also do it for us. <laughs> we are just two random-ass queer people trying to make this podcast happen, and we need help finding our audience. So help us out. Okay, so the second movie that we talked about or that we watched was called Life and it's from 2017 no clue who directed it I know that it has Jake Gyllenhaal and the perfect amount of Ryan Reynolds he gets Janet lead real quick like he does <laughs> early in that movie oh but he acts the death so well too it's oh like, man I'm like you know what Ryan you can act sometimes I forget that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't deliver a line outside of like your dumbass jokey voice which works for Deadpool but you can't act physically. Which is hilarious because I feel like Ryan Reynolds has been trying to be a thing for as long as I can remember. Um, <laughs> I think I saw him in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You probably yeah, did. He was in that show Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Yes. <laughs> he was Van Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember that too. And he always just has the same delivery <laughs> of like <laughs> everything he's saying. Um, it's like, are you yet, breaking? Is this you breaking or are you actually delivering your line? I cannot tell. <laughs> and with Deadpool, he should be breaking and that's why it works. This is true. And I think that's another reason why I love life so much is because we get just enough of him and then he's gone. I know a lot of mm -hmm. folks complain about that. I'm like, hey, no, this is as much Ryan Reynolds as you want in a movie. Also, he is himself and he's not covered in a mask or horrific scars and you get to watch him die <laughs> horrifically and you just go about your business. And then it's okay, though, because Jake Gyllenhaal is right there. It's to totally also okay. die horrifically. They, like, split the movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we'll both be the leading man, but you can't afford us, so just split it in half. Just like a third, two-thirds. Can you do that? Okay, great. Perfect. We'll be in two scenes together? Perfect. This movie made me cry a lot, like, more than I thought. I cried multiple times. I cried pretty much every time somebody died. All of the deaths were so hard-hitting. Yeah. and Meaningful, um, right? They meant yeah. something. Yeah. Good God. I feel like the second that Ryan Reynolds dies, you just know that everybody is going to die. And they, like, give you hope <laughs> multiple times where they're like, at least one's going to live. <laughs> and it's like, um, actually, they're all just going to die the worst possible way. And it's going to mean nothing because it still doesn't change anything. Yeah. I also loved that when Ryan Reynolds dies, it's like the sole black character. To be fair, they are on the International Space Station. There are six characters. The sole black character is, is like being tortured and clearly about to die. And Ryan Reynolds gets to like go in there and die for him. And I was like, perfect. That's your job. Another great point. That scene where like the door shuts, he like looks and he's like, okay. I was just like, yes. oh my God. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't ask them to open it. He He's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. That was so, so good. And that was part of what I liked about this movie was everybody was such a good person. And like, it didn't change anything. They were like responsible in space. And we never really see that. Because um, everyone's very irresponsible in space. I think another reason why I like this too, because <sighs> Alien, y'all know how I feel about Alien, their whole franchise. And mm -hmm. life to me was... 
um, as close as I'm going to probably get to that right now, as far as that first movie, the first alien or whatever. And I feel like instead of focusing, well, they are exploited though. Aren't they though? Cause they have like the whole little backup plan. It's just like, well, if it's not going to work, then I guess you all have to kill yourselves because right. don't bring that shit back to earth. Yeah. And like one person signed a contract for all of them without them yeah. knowing. I'm like, I don't think that's how laws work, but you're in space. So no laws, bitch. Good luck. Also, like they had the children name it. Oh and, my God. Like, that was so <laughs> clever. I loved giving the alien like a cute name that, yeah. and then like, they're all like, Calvin's going to murder us. <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> and it's kind of given that child's play energy because they mm. named it. And Calvin is actually a pretty cute name for an alien. And Calvin, um, this alien from Mars, is brutally murdering everyone um, yeah. in vicious ways, too. Calvin can't help it. Calvin's just reacting. You know, no. you're just like, Calvin I don't knows. care. <laughs> I was rooting for Calvin, but that's just who I am as a person where I always empathize with like the wrong people. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, I kind of hope that Calvin makes it. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Sarah. Like, you can't like think that way. <laughs> the third time they fucking shocked Calvin when Calvin was taking a good nap. I was like, I was like this one's on you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. First time I get it. You're a scientist. Second time I get it. You're a scientist. Third time. Are you losing your mind? What are you yeah, doing? Calvin breaks that wand and I'm kind of just like, yeah. Good for yeah, you, Calvin. You get it. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Also, when Calvin started jumping out and, like, hurting him, it was like, yeah, get out of that room. But, I mean, you know, you do that whenever you watch horror films, right, where you're like, you could do this. And it's like, well, if you were in that moment, you'd be like, ah, this thing has my hand. Right, because you don't know you're in a horror movie. <laughs> like, right, you're right, not right. aware that, like, this is going to go really badly. <laughs> right, right. Which, I, I mean, speaking as the person who literally just wrote an article that was called A Defense of Bad Decisions in Horror Movies. I'm just thinking of so your article funny. when you were saying <laughs> Because I'm just like, no, I make bad decisions so often. <laughs> like nobody's chasing me with an axe. Nobody yeah, killed with most of my friends. Like I wouldn't even call that a decision. <laughs> I'm just <yeah>. reacting. <laughs> 
Right. I like walk to my car, drop my keys immediately. And then if somebody does it in a movie, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, constantly fumbling with my keys to like open the door and just like, why yeah. would you put them back in your pocket or your bag when you get out the car? Keep them out. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Wearing oh headphones, God. walking around like a damn fool. <laughs> right. That's me. I'm like noise canceling. I'm like, ooh, mm, got my music. Mm. And then I'm like, my partner's been yelling at me for like an hour. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Well, I'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Super dead. But Super like, dead. Also, why? Another reason why I really enjoy this movie, because it's just the whole thing of, is there life out there? Sure. But are we really in a position to encounter no. it? Absolutely no. not. I mean, like right now, <laughs> the folks in office cannot even control COVID. Um, and we right. see how terribly that's going. So if there is life out there, we don't need to encounter it. In fact, we need to like put our heads in the sand and ignore it for right now because we wouldn't be ready. Like they weren't even ready for this um, this organism that has no weapons or any of that and took them all out. So Leave it alone. Yeah, and they were aware of the fact that it, this was a completely unknown agent. And the yeah. way that they absolutely ignored that information, like the way that they were like, well, we'll just poke it a few times and then it'll make sense. It's just like <laughs> such a human thing, right? Like, yeah, let's yes. just poke it. Yes. And it's just like, you have no idea. You're showing like this aggression towards this entity that you do not know or understand. And like, that is going to lead to your deaths. Mm. Um, I did feel bad when the rat died. I was like, yeah. that rat really didn't do anything. What the fuck are you doing with a rat in space? Leave that rat alone. <laughs> yeah, the way that, like, the rat was even, like, bound and everything, I was just yeah. like, ah, give me a break. Like, you Put don't need to treat a rat back. like that. Yeah, just, like, let them live their lives. Unless they're, like, Chicago, like, city rats, <laughs> like, who are just going to, like, break in and steal your child or something. <laughs> Those um, rats are like, so huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, like, scary rats, but nine times out of ten, you're not dealing with scary rats. You're just That's dealing with rats. a little lab rat. They were being terrible. Yeah, just let that rat go. But <laughs> Calvin let the rat go in a different way. Yeah, Calvin's um, like, delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that this movie was so emotionally impactful in ways that I was not prepared for. I don't think I did really side with the humans, but I did empathize with them and I did feel their deaths a lot and was just like, oh, my God. And like they just each one of them is like heroic in some way, you know, mm -hmm. even the ones that are the least heroic still do something heroic in the course of the film. And it doesn't change anything. And like when there's movies that do that, I always am like, oh, no, this is real life. Like where being good and having good intentions doesn't change <laughs> how things go for you. Right. And like it's so upsetting oh, to man. see it in a movie where you think like people are going to teach you a moral or something. Like if you're good, then good things happen or something. And it's just like this movie did not do that. It's like don't fuck with space. That's the moral. God. The more you try to do something good, the worse it's going to go for you. Oh, my so. God. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh Even at, to the very end, to the it's very, very still end. just that. People are making the right decision every time. <laughs> if something falls from space and lands and you are doing something totally different, don't go check it out. Don't no. pop it open. Call the proper authorities. Especially when Jake Gyllenhaal's like, no. <laughs> 
When you look in and you see Jake Gyllenhaal's face distressed, don't open. <laughs> You're like, oh, I gotta help him. Too nice. Don't be so fucking nice. You're in a horror movie. Think about it. Think about it. God. You know, there's this moment where the, the doctor's like, oh, I'm glad that he's resting. He was growing too fast. And I'm just like, why aren't you telling everyone that? Why are you recording that to yourself? That is important information <laughs> that I think every person aboard this fucking thing needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, whew, dodge that one. I'm like throwing popcorn in my mouth. No, you didn't. Uh-uh. You didn't dodge also, like, shit. What is the state of the earth? I know they don't cover this, but it made me think of that because I'm like, so we are probing for life on Mars. Have we fixed anything down there? Because it doesn't look like we have. Because my assumption for the reason why that fisherman goes to help is he's like, well, maybe they're paying. Maybe, yep. maybe there's exactly a reward in, in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. I was like, good person? Hmm, probably also a person who could use some money. <laughs> right. And it's it's just like, take care of home first. I think that's the moral of the story. Take care yes. of home because if you don't, then um, you're going to have a astronaut that is floating to her death. That is scary. That was like, yeah. oh my God. Horrifying. Yeah, like, what do you do in that situation? Do you open the hatch? I was like, ooh, she must be so anxious. Well, maybe I'll use my therapeutic techniques if I was in that situation. I'm like, no, bitch, I'm trying to die. Like, I'm popping the door open, hoping my yes. lungs get sucked out. Yes, like, I'm popping the, yo, that's exactly like, I'm popping the door open because, yeah, you're just floating infinitely or until, like, you run into an asteroid and who knows when that happened because asteroids keep missing us, so. um <laughs> You're much smaller. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. I loved that. I loved that. I thought that the pacing was so lovely in this film. I, yeah, I was really surprised that people didn't like it. I think it's really spectacular. And and I think as people are coming around to it, because I do see folks um, talking about it a little bit more, but the first time I seen it, like I walked out the theater, I was like, I really love this a lot and I want to shout about it. And I went to Twitter and I think I was going to tweet about it. And then I saw it getting dragged and I said, well, let me put this in my back pocket for things I enjoy, but never share that I do because I don't want anybody yucking my yum. Yeah, definitely. Like, I guess I'll just go ahead and mute that word. (laughs) Never hope to hear about it again. I'm just muting everyone using the word life. Yeah, no, I like I've needed some pretty wild things where it's just like, well, I guess I'm never going to hear about giraffes again. Like or like, <laughs> I muted fly. I muted the word fly. So, well, yeah, that was because what the oh hell? Everyone's like, you know what? I know it's a pandemic. I know you are looking for some ha-has. You need to sit down, chill the fuck out. Yeah, what the hell? That was happening. And that's why, you, and also, no, you should definitely be a little bit more funny because you have time to think. So the <laughs> lowest hanging fruit <laughs> is just no. You're like, workshop the joke, dickhead. Figure it right. out. <laughs> yeah, maybe take a minute with that one um, and <laughs> decide not to use it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. This movie was good. I thought that it was really satisfying. It like hit me way harder than I thought it was going to. And I love movies that are just kind of like, yeah, humanity, this is you. <laughs> like you you're the suck. You're the dumbasses that like literally poke this thing with a stick until it kills you. Like <laughs> that's literally what happened. Oh my god. It's literally what happened. <laughs> if you were going to summarize the film <laughs> They could have just not done that. And like Calvin probably would have been like, okay, I mean, 
I don't have any reason to kill you. I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, you're threatening Calvin. Like, why yeah. would you do but that? that? That makes me like also think, because we're talking about the failures of the current administration and like mm-hmm. all kinds of things and how it all loops together. And it reminds me of just the fact that literally all of this stuff is happening and we're putting the army into space and shit like that, you know? So to me, I was like, that's horrifying <laughs> in a special <laughs> way because it is us. Like that is what would totally happen. Like a bunch of military dumbasses are going to go into space and then they're going to attack something that they shouldn't attack and it's going to kill all of us and it's just like yeah i mean that's a good analogy for covid and Mm -hmm. really any number of other things (laughs) like upsetting but true i also loved uh i think we briefly touched on like that the backup plan was like bye-bye uh we're just gonna (laughs) shoot you into outer space and i was like and i agree to it i think that's a good plan (laughs) you know (laughs) like yeah can't let it come to earth oh guess what to god damn late and you assumed that it wasn't intelligent enough the whole time they underestimated its intelligence like at every bend and it was like because they're like oh contain it contain it and it's just like what if it knows how to open freaking doors like it's from mars like yeah like what are we it doesn't have an education from the united states so already it's millions of light years ahead of time ahead (laughs) ahead of everyone and i just could not understand why the assumption would be that you know what i do understand why the assumption would be that it doesn't have any sense right i thought that it was just horrifying but also gratifying when um the astronaut is outside and like ends up drowning to death yeah because like How messed up is that? You're in space and you drown to death. Yeah. It's supposed to be euphoric. Yeah. So, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely what was going on. That scene where Calvin is going into his throat, I literally had to look away because I started to gag a little bit. And I was like, it was like a visceral movie in a lot of ways. There were entire scenes where I was like, oh, God. (laughs) Like... Oh, my God. Especially, like I said, the scene where she's, like, turning the knob back. He's, like, trying to get her to open it to save herself. And Mm -hmm. she turns it back to, like, fight against him. And he's, like, screaming at her. And she's just looking at him. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm dying. These are, like, really intense scenes. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the... um the sort of way that it portrays us as kind of like hapless fools as humans. Like we're just kind of like, oopsie doopsie, tripped into that one. And it's like, oh, but they're trying so hard, those humans. They keep trying to do the right thing. And that's kind of that's kind of precious. They're trying their best. Even him being like, one of us can still make it. I'm going to save you. And her being like, okay, is just like, you should not have agreed to that because anything from this space station going back to Earth makes it very likely that it's going to survive somehow. Like Calvin has been smarter than you at every single turn. So why would you assume that that would end now? But like they did, they're like, well, I'm just a well-meaning human. So I guess <laughs> I guess things will work out for me in the end. And it's just like, so plucky. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> your plucky energy is not going to, like, help you yeah, in this exactly. situation. Jake, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out the way you think it is. I know. Like, that Good Night Moon's got absolutely nothing. Like, you can recite it. You can be inspired by it. 
But uh, yeah, you're going quietly into the night or yelling into the night. I wept. I was like crying so hard when he was like reading it whenever he was reciting it. But it's like, yeah, Calvin wasn't crying. (laughs) Like Calvin (laughs) didn't give a shit. Nope. Calvin's like, you guys are trying to kill me. I don't like this. Yeah, I was also going to say the other, like, to me, scariest line. The first one is, like, he was growing at an alarming rate, but that's over now. I'm like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, you just jinxed yourself. You are so dead. And then the other one was when the character who, like, really loved Calvin, he said, creatures like this probably ruled Mars for millions of years. And I was just like, oh, God. Because it's just like, again, like, if you think that, then why? Did you all think that you would be able to bring this entity onto the ship, have the kids name it on top of that, and everything was going to be okay? Like, like I want to place Las Vegas types bets on what happened once the credits started rolling because, I don't know, like, how long do you think it was before Calvin took over the entire Earth? Well, how does Calvin reproduce? <laughs> I feel like life will find a way. Does Calvin reproduce asexually? Probably. I, I think so. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, given the way Calvin is, I think if you cut off a piece of Calvin, it might just grow a new Calvin. Right. Which is, like, very scary. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, the best case scenario is that Calvin would just go into the ocean and be happy and, like, have fun ocean times, but occasionally, like, assimilating and killing things. But, um, yeah, I I mean, obviously, Calvin made short work of that whole space station. (laughs) So if Calvin turns Calvin sights on uh, the world, then... (laughs) Goodbye, Goodbye, world. Good good night, moon. (laughs) We we did good here. No, we didn't. I also thought the design of Calvin was really beautiful. Like yes. I, like for a alien monster, the way that Calvin moved, the way that they like depicted Calvin's like you know, epidermis, but it's not even really an epidermis, the way that like Calvin kind of shimmered. I loved all that. I also loved when they had Calvin swallow the tracker. So you you think that would make things better, right? Like, oh, now we know where Calvin is. And it's just like watching him murder people. (laughs) Right. That didn't help at all. (laughs) That didn't make me feel better. Yeah. too good this movie truly was a masterpiece i thought that it was like incredibly good i can see why i wouldn't recommend it to somebody who was feeling depressed for Mm -hmm. instance but um (laughs) i mean i loved it i'm glad that it doesn't appease me you know like there's nothing about this that makes me feel better and i think that i've seen a lot of deep space horror kind of movies and like they always have those hokey happy endings kind of tagged on like I think I mentioned before we started recording Event Horizon is a movie where it's like at the end there's some room for question but essentially they try to give it like a happy ending and I'm just like nah you were just talking about how this guy went to like a straight up hell dimension I don't think that he's gonna be okay like I don't (laughs) think that any of you are gonna be okay or that you're just gonna go back to earth and have your regular lives like I don't think that that's how this resolves so I think sometimes like happy endings and horror are kind of a mixed bag for me because I'm just like I just don't buy it don't Mm. believe it if a movie is horrifying for like 90 minutes and then the last five minutes is like I'm pretty sure they got out okay I'm just like okay but what about the next like 50 years of therapy (laughs) or like something (laughs) like that like night terrors forever yeah I don't know I think that way too often people are like well the final girl survived now she's fine or something and it's like no she's going to be traumatized for the rest of her life this is going to be a recurring problem for her but I think with this movie just being like no 
this is literally just the story of humans screwing up and getting like brutally killed is not comforting, but was something I enjoyed to see. Yeah, I, I love it. I love a horror ending that is both damning and leaves most of it up to your imagination, right? Like I love, yeah. I think it's Dawn of the Dead. It's one of the the Romero zombie films. They like, they get on the boat and they're like, woo! And they get to the new place. Like I think maybe after the credits end, you get to see them land at the new place and there are no zombies. And then it's like, you fools, you relaxed for two seconds. Zombies everywhere! <laughs> like, I'm like, how the did they get there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, questions, right? I've got questions about what the ending means, but I feel like, you know, the answer is you can't escape your problems by going somewhere else. (laughs) Especially when they're zombies. (laughs) Right. Okay, so that brings us to our, which is a perfect segue because the ending is such a powerful, I think, piece of the film, which is us, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele's the director, is that correct? Or is he just the EP? No, he's the director on this one. Mm-hmm. Did he also write it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and yeah. that is fair to ask because everything else people are like, Jordan Peele did this. Like, no, he's the EP, guys. Can right. we read just a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always afraid I'm that person. No. <laughs> Has the, you know, beautiful, inimitable, should have had a motherfucking Oscar, Lupito Nyong'o, who was, oh my God. Mm. And then Winston Duke, right? Those are the mm-hmm. adults. And then I don't know who the kid actors are. Elizabeth Moss is in it, too. Yes. (laughs) And she's great. She is great. The perfect white lady. I love her role in this. But yeah, all of the acting is incredible. Those kids just clean it up. Oh, my God. They were so good. So did you all see it in theaters? Yes, absolutely. I didn't. I had the worst time. I like was dying to see it in a theater, but I was traveling a lot during that week. And like, so it was just like every place I would get to, it would be like, oh, it's, it just finished for the day. I can't watch it. And there's oh, like no. no matinees because it's like a horror movie. And so like I was dying. It was like, I mean, this happens sometimes where yeah. it's like no matter how hard you try, you just can't make it to the theater. And yeah, for some reason, I once again just saw like the goofiest movie instead, which I still kind of enjoyed, but they're in totally different realms. Right. But this movie, I did finally, finally get to watch. Uh, of course, like once it hit like VOD, I think it was like $30 to rent forever. <laughs> and so <laughs> and once it finally wasn't $30 anymore, I watched it and I was just like, actually, you should have sprung for the 30 because this was like worth it it's just so good because it's it's just a horror movie um for me like i went in like i don't have to worry about i mean i'm pretty sure there's extra commentary being made or you can make the reach to say that it is but when i went in seeing it unlike get out like no this is just gonna be this creepy movie um that I'm gonna watch a lot because it's one of those horror movies where I'm not saying you're necessarily turning your brain off but you're enjoying it for what it is and there's like really creepy stuff happening where of course like yeah sure you can have commentary but I mean it's not as heavy in the same way that Get Out was and Get Out also still wasn't Heavy in the way that Tales from the Hood was, but <laughs> right, yeah, because <laughs> I've got a story for that. Because um, I watched Hocus Pocus before I watched Tales from the Hood back to back. It was like a double feature oh, on wow. Thanksgiving. I'm actually writing a piece about it, so I'll go into detail about it then. But that was the moment I was. I noticed I was like, oh, so <laughs> horror for black people and white people is two totally different things. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Those, I mean, you couldn't have two more, <laughs> two more like opposite ends of the horror spectrum <laughs> movies. And I'm like eight figuring this out. So that was <laughs> life changing. But, um, I thought at first you were referencing the Leprechaun movie, which is why I laughed. So no, I just no, 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 to be uh-uh. clear, it I'm not a totally, total dick. <laughs> no, because it's still funny though. Because who watches Hocus Pocus and then tells from the hood back to back? You're talking though, like I feel like that was definitely like my eight year old like, playlist. <laughs> I never know what Sarah's going to tell me she's been doing, so I'm just like I roll with it. <laughs> I watched both of those movies really young, and I remember Tales, it had such an effect on me. Such a messed up movie, and like definitely something where I'm like, I mean, yeah, sure, I was probably like too young to watch it or whatever, but then I'm also like, hey, little white girl in Missouri, you probably should have watched that movie like when you were eight. Kind of deserved it, sorry. <laughs> like, No, but, um, and it, and I guess that kind of molded and shaped um, how I would then go on to watch a lot of Black horror because Candyman is another one. But right. back to us, even though like there is some social commentary going on, it's not to that same level. So I was able to relax, if that makes sense, um, yeah, totally. while watching this movie. It was more like individual commentary than like, yeah. like yeah. social commentary, right? Mm-hmm. Like doubles are always more about like us, you know, than they are yeah, about the like, monster in the mirror. Us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Very helpful clarification there. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, I'm a writer. <laughs> but I saw it in theaters because it's one of those, so you know, like types of horrors where you want to see them with another audience because... It's just going to be this bonding experience Um, because Get Out, again, was also like that. But I Mm -hmm. love seeing it in theaters because I went to a theater with a lot of other Black folks and we cut up because (laughs) that is just something that um, just culturally growing up, like that's just something I always enjoyed. And Us was another moment to do that. I think the last movie that I saw in theaters other than Get Out was I think one of those Saw movies. <laughs> like I've seen it with my roommates and all. And it was like, again, a bunch of Black people in theater. But there's just a lot of like, why would you do that? And what are you all doing? You get to see, you know, um, these Black people react to horror tropes that people often say that they're tired of. I'm like, no, you don't get to say that you're tired of this trope until all other minorities have had a chance to wear it out. <laughs> right. You don't get a chance to say that. And they got to do it. And there was a lot of the, yeah, that we would run very fast, but doesn't matter because guess what? Your clone can run faster. So it was oh just God. like a really good movie. Um, I enjoy it. I've definitely seen it more than once. And for me, how I know that I really enjoyed a horror and it did what it needed to for me is how many times I watch it. And us has definitely gone into the rotation of like that comfort horror where I'm like, I'm popping this on because I want to watch something that's going to scare me just a little bit, but also not too much. It's kind of like a hug, but it's not because it's stabbing you a little bit. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I get it. Like I, I, I think what horror does and, and what us does is it just like acknowledges how fucking violent the world is. It's just yes. like, yes, things are as violent as, as they are in this movie. Maybe not like in the same way. It's a lot more emotional torture than physical for most of us, I should say. But, you know, it's like 
yeah, things are as fucked as you think they are. And, like, the, the idea of, like, a conspiracy of people, like, that big of a group of people being that organized is really scary, right? Mm -hmm. For lots of reasons, you know, depending on your positionality, your identities, what have you, but it's scary without layers, you know? (laughs) So I think there's something primal us uh, taps into of like, what if there was a me that I couldn't trust? What if there was a me who could like just take my life? Like just take over it and slash kill me, (laughs) you know? Like what? And it like, it made me scared of sewers again. Yes! <laughs> it. It and us. It's the two letter films. Yeah, that, they do it. And actually, there is a drain um, that is kind of similar to like, there, it comes out of the ground. It's got the big manhole and it's in the back because uh, the woods are behind us. I don't know how we rented a house with woods literally behind us and there's a kill shed not too far away (laughs) that the owner of the house was like yeah i never go back there and i was like well we're never going back there either um our yard is actually very terrifying and i just freaked myself out but there's a drain back there and i was recently watched us prior to um us recording and i was like crap now i'm gonna have to be scared about going to the backyard for like two weeks now (laughs) Because what if my clone comes out and takes me? Actually, but she probably wouldn't. Because I'm like, girl, you got bills. You have student loan debt. I don't know if you want this. <laughs> yeah. The underground self is like, you know, actually, I'm going to stay down here. <laughs> like, these rabbits are tasty. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get into, like, the commentary of it, right? It's all about othering and maybe even almost, like, class system. Almost a little bit respectability politics mm-hmm. because, like, she's able to, fit into this mold because there is no real difference between her and the other girl like only the mom really notices it and in a way that like you know it takes us all the way to the end of the film to figure out as well you know yeah so it's like there's some commentary on it like there always is with like doppelganger movies because doppelganger movies always are about like literally somebody could replace you and be better at you Ugh. than you are. So <laughs> and I, we're all afraid of that because we're all like a little bit dialing it in on our lives. So I think that all of those things came into play. But as you say, every trope isn't played out until like, you know, you actually get to see it through like marginalized people's eyes. And I think that us was something where it was just like, dang, you kind of like killed doppelganger movies for at least like five years like I don't think we're going to be able to watch a new one without immediately comparing it to us Mm -hmm. which is a tall order (laughs) yeah I mean like that's kind of the thing right because like you know there's plenty of filmmakers who have like worked with doppelgangers like that's an old trope and of course you know that goes back further and further you know not necessarily like within the confines of cinema but you have this trope that is basically just that it's like you aren't that great at being you (laughs) and also that like there is other people that are suffering in this world and you're in this place and that like at any time like they should and could be able to take your place so there's all kinds of weird social fears I think in doppelganger stories but then you don't really see that as much really explored and I liked that they didn't have to explore it that much like as you said it was kind of just them being like no this is like a scary you know like 
story. <laughs> like, it's just freaky. You look outside and there's somebody with your face that's terrifying and like this visceral way where it doesn't really need to have a lot of social commentary. Although the fact that they have <laughs> the white couple that they're friends oh, with. So fucking funny. She cannot fit in with them. And it is just like, it's so kind of like cringy to watch a little bit because you see them trying to be like, ha ha ha, you know, and like, and she's like, no, (laughs) I'm like a survivor of trauma, you know, like. Right. And my favorite part in that movie and probably of all cinema is when Elizabeth Moss's character wants to call the police. Mm-hmm. And they play fuck the police, and I That's just so fucking I lived. Funny. Yeah, I think the whole theater just died, like laughing, like which, <laughs> which, like, with, there's just so much intense violence happening on screen, but the whole thing is so funny, and you're just like, I am a bad person because I'm laughing while Elizabeth Moss dies, but also right. like, ha ha ha, this is what you get. <laughs> she's kind of a bad person um yes. and then like even <laughs> right. though we don't see why or how like you we just, just kind of know. intrinsically know that this represents this certain class of white people that just kind of are okay with oppressing the shit out of the world but they're beautiful teen daughters and all of that you know who like you think are going to maybe turn things around in some way and they just get brutally brutally murdered <laughs> like yeah i know what you're saying like it's not funny but it is kind of funny and yeah. like it teeters on commentary but it doesn't really go into it and it's just like yeah you go ahead and sit with that i think maybe it's not beating your head with it maybe i should say that like it's not beating you over the head with look i'm saying something this is exactly what i'm saying so um, (laughs) pay attention to this yeah, you can do it or not, right? right? That was kind of how I felt about it was I could sit here and think about it in, in, you know, many different ways, but you don't have to in order to enjoy the movie. I think for me, the best horror moment of it all is something we have to do. Is that we have to think through the character's life through the other character's eyes. When she says, because you married him, I had to marry his double. Because you right. had children, I had to have children. And it's like this this incredible question, I think, for me as like a queer person and as a non-binary person. And like, you know, I think it raises some of the, the fear around abortion rights, right? Of like, mm-hmm. oh my God, she doesn't even have the ability to say like, no, I don't want this. And that to me gives it such a scary tenor that like the rest of the film is colored by that moment. And that happens like, I don't even know, like in the first third, she's like confronting them in the family yeah. home. And I was like, Jordan Peele, you're, you're, you're good. You, you, I feel like you get people. I like it. You know, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, I know he's dying to hear that. So there yeah. you go. You got Certainly. my approval. <laughs> okay, so can we talk about the ending just a little bit more specifically? Because I remember people yeah. being like, oh, we don't know what happened at the end. Like, oh, was she Come or on. wasn't she? I mean, like, we know, right? They, they spell it out. Okay, like, I thought so. And the clearly. way the boy looks at her and he figures it out. He figures it out. He knows. Yeah. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure. I was like... And I just also really love that, um, just from like a mom's perspective too, because I don't know, like I felt like there was a lot of commentary on that. Yeah. Just how a mother's love, even if the child is not your child, like there's still like this connection. And I was thinking of like, if you have like a child through adoption or something like that, like there's still like this connection, this bond that is made between a mom and a child that, I don't know, like transcends or whatever. So, because we always think like, well, moms know everything. It's just like, well, no, (laughs) your child would know too. 
Because there's like a lot of times where I'm either kind of like going through a depressive episode or just something is happening where I'm just like not me. And my son is like, maybe I'll just give her a hug. You know, like he just intrinsic, like he just knows, he like emotionally knows and can feel when I'm not being mom that he, like I'm in most of the time or whatever. And I don't know, like that just really spoke to me. Like her son knew. I'm like, yeah, because kids know too. I liked that a lot, especially because he's treated like he's such a deficit for so much of the film, right? Yeah. Like he's he's got behavior issues. He's, you know, doesn't communicate well enough. He, whatever, you know, he keeps, dis- doesn't he disappear a bunch of times? Like he's just like freaked yeah. out and leaves. Mm-hmm. And, and suddenly it's like, Mm-hmm. The kid that we all were like, come on, buddy. You're like, he knows. Yep. He's the one who knows. And oh, my God, what is he going to do? Talk about an ending that's like, <laughs> <laughs> good luck, people. Bye. Yeah. The way that that struck me was those moments, I think, when you're a kid and you realize that your mom is in some ways kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you see... Because it's like any mom has to go through this brutal process of, I think I talked about this a little bit even when I was watching The Brood or something, but any movie about motherhood or anything like that, you see these kind of, I'd say, surface value ways of looking at things. Whereas like any mom I've ever talked to or like had any conversation with or even me like viewing my body as something that is capable of motherhood, there's something just so goddamn brutal about motherhood, right? Like you carry this child. It's from what I'm ever told is like one of the most painful things you can go through. And then, of course, like your mind or like your body forgets that in some ways, like not entirely, of course, but it like forgets the pain so that you can have other children. (laughs) There's some kind of evolutionary thing. I don't know if any of this is true. This is just stuff that I've read. But in some ways, as a child, you have such a bizarre connection with your mom as well, right? Like it goes both ways. And those moments where you kind of realize that your mom is capable of shit that you have never even thought of. That's what I felt whenever I looked at that kid's face and he was looking at his mom was I was like, this is like whenever I realized that my mom has been dealing with sexism her whole life and has all of this pent up rage and like... Mm -hmm. I didn't always know about, right? It's that weird revelation of like, oh shit, there's literally all of these other facets to my mom like that I never realized. Because like moms are supposed to be the safe zone, you know, right. uh, the haven. And then when you realize that that is not actually the truth, you know, it's right. kind of jarring, very jarring actually. So that movie rocked me in that way because I was like, will Micah ever realize like, <laughs> mom was definitely <laughs> high when she was playing Legos with me when I was like five <laughs> when he's all right it was like oh that is why um she was so uh <laughs> into building this tower because she was <laughs> which I know is terrible but it's just I just think of those things like that I'm like wow when he gets older he's like huh so uh, you didn't start doing weed until you had me. I'm like, yes, because children are a lot. And son, is <laughs> doing the best that I could. Your mom is supposed to be your safe zone, but it's like, what's the other side of that? Your mom would do anything to keep you safe. And that means anything. Yeah. And like, that means monstrous shit. So like, that last scene was a lot. Like, <laughs> like, I, grabbed a, I grabbed a spider with my bare hands. I think he was... Maybe five months old. 
And I was putting him in his car seat and it was like this huge spider crawling on him. And I hate bugs. Like I might have arachnophobia. I don't know. But um, <laughs> even butterflies freak me out. I'm sorry. y'all. Like me and insects, <laughs> we just don't go. And like this huge spider is crawling over him. And I grabbed it with my bare hands, not even thinking. And then I opened my hand. And it's this crushed spider in my hand. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? <laughs> what? Who you am I? definitely stab a doppelganger to death, I believe. Yes, I would definitely. I was in a heartbeat. She stole her life, essentially. And yeah. it's just like, she still will not hesitate to, like, kill that person, right? Like, whoo, this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, like, you, you made a great point. Like, if you really want to sit up and think about it, you absolutely can. Um, but if you just want to not, then you also can. And I love right. the duality in that. I think that's true of all three of the movies you chose. These are the things I saw in common <laughs> stuff. This is like, ooh, I know so much more about you now. Uh-oh, you're um, going to tell me about myself? Great camera work. I think it's your comic bookness. It seems to me you're really attracted to things that really know how to frame what they're doing and are saying something with how they frame it, right? Like, yes. the juxtaposition of things, the mise-en-scene, like, that matters so much in each of these films. They're not typical horror i think any of the three of them even within sci-fi horror even within you know more slasher horror both in terms of like they're all pretty bright like i would say us has a lot more dark and and subdued tones but even that like most of the things you're seeing them and i think they're all things that you can put a lot of thought into you can like go too deep so to speak (laughs) or you could just be like haha that was good (laughs) i think that pretty much defines your artistic approach. Like, you're very much someone who's like, there are layers here, but also I'm trying to entertain myself. <laughs> yes. And, like, it, there's layers here and then there's a but. So, no, I, <laughs> I think, <laughs> yes, this, who knew I was going to come up bitches on comics and, like, have a free therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, yeah, we're going to start charging guests. Um, <laughs> you should have changed the name of the podcast to The Feelings Podcast. <laughs> Bitches on feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still listening either way. So yes. Perfect. Okay, Steph, I think that that's that's everything that we have to talk about. So where can people find you online? So you can find me on Twitter and also Instagram at at Steph underscore I underscore Will. I promise my middle name does not start with an I. I just didn't know that my handle was going to be important because like who who comes onto the internet and thinks, yeah, I'm going to amass a lot of followers and people are going to be interested in the things that I say. I was just trying to tweet about, um, I think, Catfish. I think that's why I got a Twitter account to just tweet spit. about Catfish, right? That's such a funny reason. But uh, you you can find me there and in the bio because I make use of that. I have a link tree where you can find every single thing that I'm doing um, on there. And also, by the time you listen to this, Living Heroes is, again, available. So please, if you want to check that out, it's available on, because I don't want to butcher this, but it is pronounced coffee, right? Oh my god, I have no oh, idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Kofi. Yeah, so like, yeah. how do, like, how do y'all want me to pronounce this? Okay, that thing where you uh, can like <laughs> buy people coffee is available on that. And I don't know, maybe by the time you listen to this too, there might be additional physical books available. I'm just trying to kind of gauge that. So um, if there isn't, don't worry. Let me know and I'll get one to you. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for recommending such amazing 
and weird and totally different from one another films. It made for a really cool conversation. Yeah, no, thank y'all for having me on. Like, I I feel like I just I must have put it on someone's spirit because, again, like, I was listening to the podcast and I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've been on there. Well, <laughs> if they don't ask me before 2020 is over and the world is still spinning after the election, I'm just going to roll into someone's DMs and say, hey, I want to <laughs> talk about some stuff or I can come talk about whatever it is y'all want to talk about, but I would like to come visit my friends. So, yay. <laughs> well, we'll have you back sooner next time. We won't wait so long because we yay. really enjoy having you here. And don't miss us next week. Our beautiful, powerful, incredible, amazing sound engineer, Kate, is going to be joining us. And we're going to talk about more horror. Yay! (laughs) I'm excited. I'm personally excited. So whoever's (laughs) listening, you should also be excited as well. (laughs) You're the best, Steph. a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So (laughs) we can't have it spelled out. It is dot. T-C-H-E-S-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And yeah, remember, there's no I'm bitch. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.